Weirdo bookworms, unite. We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us. So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading. Hey, genre junkies, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. And here we are, the end of the year episode. Pour yourself a glass of champagne or apple cider. <laughs> something, a fizzy water, something, yeah. something, um, what something is bubbly, it? bubbly. What's the word for that? Carbonate, carbon, <laughs> carbonated, <laughs> carbonated, effervescent also works. Or maybe a, a cup of hot cocoa. Cup of hot cocoa, an orange pico tea. <laughs> So this is obviously the end of the year episode. This is where we talk about like our quote unquote favorite books of the year. And I do say quote unquote because I mean, really, this year was uh, even more exceptional than other years. For all of the the weirdness of 2020, the books that we have read and talked about this year have been just top to bottom phenomenal it's been a great year for books it has been a great year for books and we had a really good reading year um books played a really significant role in so many readers lives this year some people had a hard time reading at times because of all the stress of the year a lot of people like us really turned to books and kind of fell into them um for love and for help and through this like really just devastating year so we've got to recount it but this is like this is really hard because honestly that i mean i didn't dislike anything we read this year i know there there wasn't even anything that i was kind of met on like no really everything was so strong on its own merits yeah because like the year 2020 in movies was so weird like that was weird and i had a lot of movies that like when i look back at my letterbox score i gave kind of a middling feeling on but like books i mean i just i liked all the books we read they're good for the soul they are and you know we always say that one of our our jobs here at genre junkies is to get the right book into the right people's hands even if it's not our hands so we can tell you like okay so this is what is you know this book is kind of about and this is why it's is or is not our thing but i i really just enjoyed so so many books so this is this is a toughie. It's a good thing that for our end of the year review episodes, we don't really have any hard and fast rules. We don't have a hard no. and fast number of books that we have to include. It doesn't even have to be the same. We don't even have to have the same philosophy on it. No. And I was after a lot of hemming and hawing and then also gut reaction and feeling ill. <laughs> Like, just trying to narrow this down to a number. I I have to have seven. I have to have seven. Seven? I mean, really, like, in a year when I liked everything I read, that's hard. And, like, not only liked, but some things, like, you know, they were obsessions. They were page turners. These were, like, big deal books. So I managed to settle at seven. And that that's all I can do. Well, I went with five and an honorable mention. Oh, just say you have six. I have five. When we get to the honorable mention, you'll understand. <laughs> um, but I, I have, and I, the way I went about this is these are the books that just stick with me the most this year, at least 
at least this week. <laughs> yeah, I feel that, yes. That was kind of my thing, too, is it was immediately the books, like I said, there was a lot of hemming and hawing, but it was also like I first went with boom, 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 the books that immediately came to mind. And, you know, this is kind of the books that stuck with me as well. This is not necessarily based on every item of literary merit, the technically best books we read. These are like, we'll just kind of say these are the ones that really stuck with us the most. And um, I would say for my seven, there is, uh, there's no order. Like, it's not. Oh, yeah. None of mine are in any particular order. Okay. Um, I want to talk about really quickly before we get to our list. Okay. We both watched something recently that's kind of along genre lines that really affected the both of us. What, what was it? Soul. <gasps> The new Disney Pixar film, Soul. Pixar does a wonderful job and they have great messages in in a lot of their movies. I think that this one might be their magnum opus. I could never say because they all mean so many different things in so many different ways. But this um, movie is an absolute triumph. I felt like it was a love letter to the world right now. I think it's a message a lot of people need to hear. It was a message that I needed to hear. I really needed to hear. Yeah, it really affected both of us like on that soul, soul, spiritual, level. spiritual, visceral level. Um, and there's a cat in it. And so that's important. New Disney cat. <laughs> New Disney cat. We love a Disney cat in this household. We have one. It's Stitches. She thinks she's a Disney cat. She is a Disney she's cat. She's a Disney cat. Okay. So that's our little recommendation. And now we're going to just kind of tell you the, the movies that clung to our heartstrings. The, the movies that clung to our heartstrings? The books that clung to our heartstrings. <laughs> These are the clinging books. <laughs> The rib sticking. The ribs. The rib sticking. Okay, you ready? I think you should go first since you have a few more than I do. Okay, let's just kick it off with "Home Before Dark" by Riley Sager. Yay, Riley Sager! You have to say like we have to tell each other that these were on our lists. Uh, okay, every book that we read this year could have made my list. Yeah, this one is not on my five. Oh, okay. It was hard. It was yeah. a late cut. It was a very late cut. Um, well, Riley is an amazing author, and I just, I get so excited when I get to sit down and start one of his books. I think they're they're just beautiful from start to finish. He has a wonderful way of subverting tropes and expectations and giving you a really filling story. And every time I... I have a book of his in my hands. It's it feels like he was like, "Hey, Sandra, I just wrote this for you, and I think you're gonna like it." Like I can't really put it another way. It's like a friend wrote me a book, and um, this one was fun and creepy, and I noticed it getting. I mean, Riley's a really big deal, but um, I noticed it getting a lot of buzz, and so I think a lot of people who hadn't been regular readers of his or maybe this was their first book kind of found him this year and I'm so so happy they did because he's a wonderful author he's somebody that we've gotten to speak with on the show too and super super grateful for that 
I really loved this book. And like I said, it's a very late cut for me for my list. I would say it would probably be like, if my list was six long, it would probably be on it. Sure. Uh, this, this book, one of the best compliments I can give for it is that it falls under that category of book that I sometimes get confused and think that I watched it in like a movie or a TV show yes. to the point where I actually conflate uh plot points of this book yeah. with another television show that we we watched a while ago which is Haunting of Hill House. Yes. The two are not the same. They're no. not they're not they're not like even all of that similar, but I when I was thinking about Haunting of Hill House, I was thinking about scenes in this book and I had to go, "Oh wait, no, that's no, that's from a book. That's not from Haunting of Hill House." Right. There's some like little thematic things uh that kind of carry over from the two. So it's not completely crazy well, to think that. They're haunted house stories. Well, and somebody, you know, there's a book, there's a fog of memory, there's what's real, what's not real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, specifically, there's there's the scene up in like the attic area office. Yeah. Yes. That uh, is just so real in my mind's eye. And then there's the ceiling scene uh, in the kitchen, yes. which that kitchen sticks in my head as well. Uh, yeah, that's it's a just great scene. Very visual in my head. I, I I would like to throw in a pick right now. Go for it. Um, because I think it's on your list. So okay. I'll just go ahead and throw it in. And that's Circe. It is on my list. Circe was so powerful in a way to me. It made me kind of re fall in love with mythology mm. it humanized the the ideas the 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 deep visceral ideas where gods come from yes and i i just i love i love the character of circe and the way that she's portrayed and i think about her all the time me too and it was a really powerful book. It, it is a very powerful book. And I, you know, kind of talked about my, you know, kind of personal connection on our episode to Circe. And um, it was transformative in a way. It was kind of a full circle moment for me getting to read this novel by Madeline Miller. Um absolutely beautiful just every every word every page beautiful lyrical uh just flowery but not in a way that um not in a way that i think a lot of people like you who doesn't like overly descriptive stuff found off-putting mm -hmm. um i think she found a sweet spot uh for a lot of people she is just she's the real deal and in incredible writer and an absolutely beautiful depiction uh, of greek mythology yeah loved it loved it loved it next 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 on my list why don't we talk about maggie's grave from david sodegren all hail the church of david sodegren yeah this one was also a very difficult not include for me and as much as i love the book yes yes you did love it you did um i obviously loved it too um this book is, <laughs> is a beautiful book uh folk horror humor just this wonderful, wonderful ride. And I love everything David's written, but I do think this is my favorite thing he's written. Um, I don't know, just something about the story. 
I really connected to it. There's he always has some really cool social messages, especially really feminist leaning messages. This one just like really, really hit home with with that message and with um otherness and you know, kind of writing wrongs and this notion of no, you didn't do this, but you know, you kind of benefit from what other people did so your your hands aren't completely clean you know what i mean um and there was something else that kind of stuck with me after reading it that i didn't that i didn't fully think about and that's that um there's kind of this message of death to the old ways and an end to like dogma and kind of a new rising and i i don't know that's a big theme in 2020 <laughs> and i totally made sense to me it is a book that has come up in my head a little bit more often recently um we recently watched a film with a a horror film with a bowling alley scene yes and, and in the apocalypse yes and i jumped immediately to maggie's grave and yeah. one of the most horrifying death scenes i've ever read in a book yeah i love maggie's grave very much and it and i just i everyone knows how much i love david sodegren yeah. and and david i do love you, love you i just i i for some reason decided to keep it to five and i was like okay well everyone knows i love david i'll make room for somebody else i guess okay <laughs> sophie's choice was made what you got next next up is the Long Way to a Small and Angry Planet. Well, that's on my list by Becky Chambers. I think I think a lot of these will be on your list. <laughs> yes. First of all, it is a brilliant science fiction story involving a crew and the family dynamics that come from that. Yes. Which I am an absolute sucker for. Found and family. Yes. I love it. Add on top of that, it is so inclusive while also being so alien and inventive in that alienness while also still staying very human at its heart. Mm -hmm. It was a, it's a really powerful story that I think about often when I think about just mm. love and family and yeah. I'm with you. I, I think about this book a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> Um, a ton. <laughs> Becky Chambers is a brilliant writer. My God, the woman can write, the woman can write. Um, and this book is just, it's about love and acceptance and compassion and this possible future that I can see myself in, even though it's kind of a bizarre future, I could see myself in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, we've, um, We've talked in the past, and others have as well, about how our portrayal of alien life still s tends to be like really humanoid. Mm -hmm. And um, this was a good example of some really not humanoid things in her world, and you know, with the uh, the different species that one encounters. And and I thought that was really cool. And then even with being so different, it's like, but hearts and minds are still the same. People still fall in love with one another, whether they're human or not, uh, you know, platonically, romantically, a familiar bond. They still fall in love. And there's so much acceptance and so much of like, wow, that's really different from me. But you know what? I think I can tolerate it. And then you tolerate it and then you accept it and then you understand it and embrace it. 
Plus, it's got all the cool sci-fi stuff. Yeah, and even outside of all of the social aspects and and you know the the brilliance of putting humans as the minority and in a way to put a lens to how crazy we are. Yes. The science fiction is solid too. It's a great Oh, the algae, the whole thing. Yeah, the algae is one of the things that I think of specifically where there's enough kind of hard sciencey stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's science fiction. It is not really based on any real science. Sure, sure. But but there's enough like hard information on how like little t- you know tinkery bits work in this world to really satisfy my heart. Ah. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't go so far as as to alienate people who aren't really interested in that kind of stuff. It, yes, it's just so well balanced. It has a lot of balance. I think that's a good way to think. Perfectly of it. seasoned. <laughs> it's balanced. It's seasoned well to perfection. Um, an absolute triumph and, and definitely something, a message of hope that everybody needs all the time, but um, especially poignant in 2020. Definitely, I would, I would say. Okay, so that was your pick. I'm going to hit you with Boom, Eden from Tim LeBon. I knew this would make your list. Absolutely. Absolutely this made my list. Absolutely. Um it had to. I I loved this book. I loved it on so many levels. Um let's see where to begin. First of all, like we all know us at Genre Junkies, who are really big into the planet, we're really big into uh, the lives of living things and animals, especially especially me. That's definitely like the stuff that keeps me up at night <laughs> is when I'm thinking about the treatment of living things and the treatment of our planet. I almost feel <laughs> like sometimes, and I know I'm not alone in this, and I'm not perfect, but I feel kind of like I'm, you know, the men of the night's watch <laughs> on the wall of Game of Thrones, and everybody is is like fighting in the fiefdoms, and I'm like, no, there's this really big thing coming, and we all need to just like focus on this thing, because this is the thing that's going to kill all of us not you know all of our things down here but the the, the big thing and uh (laughs) so sometimes you just feel like you're shrieking into the void and i know that i'm not i know a lot of people care but it's so nice to read a novel where somebody is you know like sharing your voice and you know, I ended up having so many complicated feelings about the characters in this because, you know, early on in lockdown where we live, we couldn't go outside. We couldn't go to our regional and, uh, you know, national parks and stuff that are near us. And that was devastating because we love to get out there. And I'm a trail runner. And like, this is a huge part of my life and my identity. And so to be cut off from that, I understood where the characters were coming from, that it's like, no, I have to get out there. I have to. And, you know, and in my case, I couldn't and they technically couldn't, but they found a way. And then there's also the like dichotomy of should they have been doing that? Should they have been breaking those rules? Did humans have their shot and they this up? Yeah, there's kind of a reason the rules exist. And it's a little bit of a, you know, colonialist attitude. Yes, but it's... But you can still understand their spirit of of needing to be in nature and to experience that. And so it it really was wonderfully um, complicated. What do you call it? Chaotic neutral? Like a gray area where you're like, yeah, but and then uh," and of course, 
as they say, man versus nature, nature versus humanity is a huge, huge thing for me thematically. So yeah, I just, this, this book has me still thinking a lot. This is a fun story, but um, Sandra is saying that the treatment of animals and nature keeps her up at night is not just a phrase, is not an exaggeration. She has woken up in the middle of the night and has, you know, had nightmares about things happening to animals. And and that is that is actually what keeps Sandra up at night. <laughs> this is my thing, people. This is my thing. Oh, uh... What can I say? So my next book is Hole in the Woods. Yes. I didn't technically make my list, but loved it. I am. Well, you know, I was going to say I'm surprised. But now that I'm I'll to when I explain why it's on my list, it actually maybe makes sense. Okay. I am not as well versed in true crime. I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm, a, read. I'm, a, I'm obsessed. Yeah. It's unhealthy. I know. But I'm fine <laughs> with it. We're fine with it. And and I mean, I, I'm experienced with it. I've definitely absorbed yes. a lot through osmosis yeah. from you. But something about Hole in the Woods being based on a true story and yet having such a strong fictionalized element that really drew me in. I loved it so much. And I I think about the characters. I think about the real life victims yes. of the story. I think about the real life survivors of the story. Yes. It really had a very strong impact on me and, and humanized that horror, that real life horror in a way that no other true crime has. Mm. And that's really like when I when I've listened to true crime in the car with you since then, uh-huh. I think of that book every time. I think that's really, really cool that, um, like you said, you've absorbed it through osmosis, but it's not really something you were superficially ever into. Um, but I think a lot of us with true crime is at some point there's a story or certain stories, they all have meaning, but there's these few standouts that really get to you and they like get to your heart. And that's when you start to really love true crime as a genre because you want to hear people's stories you want justice you want truth to be told um at least i think that's why me and, and a lot of people are into true crime is for those reasons it's just like you you understand that these were real people involved in this and she did a really good job of blending fact with fiction so yeah if you are if you're into if you're into true crime even a little bit, if you just if you have someone in your life who's given it to you through osmosis, I I really recommend that you read uh that book by Jennifer Grazer Dornbush. Yes, thank you Jennifer. Also a lovely person that we were honored to have on this show. And a as great well. interview, yeah. Yeah, so cool. Very excited to follow her career even more. Um okay, so I've got another one for you. You ready? Let's hit me. With I've it. got two more on my list. I have Two more and my honorable mention. Well, should you do your mention now? I want to do my mention second to last. Oh my gosh, you're so, you're being so extra. He's being so extra, people. I think you know what it is, too, and I think you know why I'm holding it up. (laughs) I do. Okay, so next book on my list is The Return by Rachel Harrison. 
Oh, this was a this was I, this kept going on and off and on and off and on and off my list. Yeah. It's so good. Another incredible individual that we got to have um, on our show this year, and a stunning cover. Oh my god! <laughs> One of the reasons it kept just striking me every time I go through our list. It's like, oh, that cover. Um, this is a beautiful, well crafted story, and the story Rachel herself, the genre she's writing in is all just very, very poignant and meaningful for me. She's a woman in horror. She loves horror. She knows horror. She knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's writing about. This book is contemporary. This book is now. This book is about women and friendships and also horror (laughs) and by somebody that knows what's up and lives in that world. And it's like, it's so refreshing. And that's not to say that I haven't read other women that are like this in short story or long form, because we've had plenty of both. But I think of her as almost like this figurehead, this like emblematic ship's mast, (laughs) like, you know, helping lead the way into uh, fem- female horror in 2020 and beyond, you know, like smart, funny, witty, uh, creepy, compelling, scary, but scary in so many different ways. Uh, gosh, I really can't recommend this book enough. If, if you somehow this fell off your radar, please, please pick up The Return by Rachel Harrison. I love the way that that female friendship is portrayed in that novel as well. Very complicated. In in both directions. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, she just really hits the nail on the head. She really knows what what's up. All right. I, I'm not going to make anyone wait for my for my honorable mention. Oh no. No. Okay. Especially because I know you. I I Sandra knows what this is. I do now. I do. You do. Okay. So. The reason this is an honorable mention and the reason why this doesn't fit in my list exactly is I didn't, we didn't read this book this year. No. But this book has been the most frighteningly accurate, important, uh, relevant book for this year, 2020. Yes. And it is A Song for a New Day by Sarah Pinsker. Yes, which we, <laughs> we read last year. We interviewed Sarah. She's amazing. She's got a new book coming out this she does. in 2021 we're very excited about. But the book is all about, you know, society losing its ability to really be social with one another because yes. of, oh no, uh, diseases. And, you know, they're all and like- terror attacks. Well, of There's course, some, yeah. It's not just disease. But it's all about, you know, society separating from itself. And we they all have to communicate over electronic means like we all are over there's, Zoom. There's very small groups you can gather in. Yes. You're, you're cutting out huge swaths of society that you don't interact with um, on anything like except a virtual sphere. Yeah. It's very, it's very reminiscent. It is very much what we're experiencing right now. It is very antithetical to the human experience. Yes, we are very social creatures. And I miss concerts so much. God, I miss concerts so much. So yeah, that book, uh, I, I think more than anything else has been on my mind this year, which is really, really impressive. It just, it's, incredible that she wrote that book before any of this happened i know she's nostradamus she knows um no it's a great book and a very funny honorable mention because obviously that was something that came to my mind came to your mind and we were like oh 
It's coming true. So I, I'm going to give the next book on my list for this year. Is this your last one? This is my second to last one. Oh, okay. One. And then I've got one more. And it's Strange Girls. <gasps> oh, Strange Girls. Which was a brilliant short story collection. Yeah. Oh, my God. In a year where we've had a few great stor- yeah. short story collections. There's just so many things that have stuck with me. Yes. And not necessarily in joyous ways some of them very disturbing it's really powerful it's poignant i think i think i appreciate it even more now than i did when we read it and i i I remember liking it a lot and appreciating it a lot Mm -hmm. but it also disturbed me a lot and it still disturbs me a lot Uh but in ways that that continuously make me think yes and look back at and that really means something Yeah, I know exactly what you mean when we're talking about things sticking with you. And when a short story has that ability, it's a very, very powerful thing. And um, it's an absolutely awesome collection of short stories. Like I said, we we had a few this year. They were all great. All of them great. All great. Um, But I know what you mean because I know what story is sticking with you in particular out of that one. Um, And it's one that I've thought about and it's one that I've... um, I've talked to people like like Amanda, who's been on the show, who we know can't stand anything horror. Um, she, I told her about that story because I knew she could never read it. Oh, um, no. no, but you know, like um, it, it's interesting because it's like you just want to share that with people, though. Of like, look at how much this thing moved me. That's books in general, I guess. Okay, so the last book on my list, I'm very proud to present. The Year of the Witching by Alexis Henderson, another phenomenal person we got to interview. We got to we got to have so many cool interviews this year. Every year we do. Every year we do. And it was just such a pleasure, though. This year, um, it brought on a whole new meaning to get to talk to authors because we didn't get to go to any in-person book events at all. And, you and know... Neither did the authors. No, neither did most of the authors. And um, it, it's so funny because, you know, in the midst of everything going on, these books are coming out. We want to read them for comfort and joy and and thought-provoking moments, and and they want to talk about them. So it's like, it's really incredible that with everything going on, we've still found so many ways to function this year, and as readers and as podcasters and as writers, we all did. Um, anyway, that, I just wanted to, to note that. But of course, I found this book so beautiful. Um, it really just came to life off the pages for me. Her wonderful, wonderful story. Um, it's got some great feminist, uh, some feminist themes, some great social commentary, some great things about civil rights, um, about black people, the right to live. Um, this notion of abandoning everything you know. And I think that that theme is prevalent in a lot of books, but I don't think it's always really well illustrated what that means to like you've lived your life this one way in every form, every fiber of your life is this thing, this religious way, the, the, how we do everything, how we do everything and how we feel and how you think and how your future's going to be. And then like that just gets pulled out from under you. 
And it's like, well, what do you do? How do you how do you figure this out? And I feel like her characters in this book were actually believable to be going through something that monumental. Absolutely. And what I really appreciate about the book as well, I kind of talked about it on our fireside chat episode. Yeah. Is that she's she is she embraces her power. She's scared of it. Yes. She's, you know, she's hesitant, she's thoughtful in the way that she approaches things, but she is not um, a reluctant heroine. Right. And I I love that about her. Yes. I know exactly what you mean is um, the power feels good and the power feels right sometimes. And there's like, when there's those things that it's like, ah, I can't deny this. I can't deny this as a part of me. And it's in my, it's in my being and it's who I am. Um, you want to see your characters living in that. Yeah. Well, the final book on my list, it started a trend, a revolution. It started <laughs> just an, it, it was a zeitgeist in and of itself. And of course, I'm talking about sourdough. Oh, yay, sourdough. <laughs> uh, you know, it's another book that has stuck with me throughout this year because it really is about finding community. Yes. And it is in a different way. Yeah. But, you know, what can I say? I, I've, I have started, you know, I started baking bread around the same time and then everybody else hopped on the bandwagon because... Of you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but because food yes. is... Especially you're making your own food and, you know, having your own power and creativity in that is a very powerful thing. And then using that to actually build community is kind of something that really happened this year. It actually did also, like Sarah, <laughs> this came true. And this is Robin Sloan that, of course, wrote this book. Yeah. Um, it's a fun book. It's a funny book. It's poignant. Um I really, something that sticks with me a lot is the romance in this book. The, I love the romance in this book. It's so perfect. Um, I love that there's like this kind of little magical speculative thing about the book. And like, you could just not, like, you could just gloss over it, but it's like, no, it's important. Like, there's this spark, and it's it's subtle, but it's very poignant. It's a poignant book about, I think, especially when you look at it through the gaze of 2020. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's it. That's what I got. What a fantastic list of books that we have read and this is really just some of the books. I mean, how many books? It feels awful that we even left out that I think about. Oh, my God. The Insomniacs there is... was a hard unclude for me because that, that book is just such a wonderful, nice yes. uh, mystery love story. Uh, we read the first two novellas in the Wayward Children series. Which were very needed at the time. Sucker Punch. Um, I got to go full circle in, in my life in a way that I never thought was going to happen. Uh, it, that was amazing. That is probably a favorite memory of 2020. Oh, my God. Absolutely. The Babysitter's Coven. Babysitter's Coven. Clown in a cornfield. There, oh, my God. There was so many good books we read. The Only Good Indians. I love that book. I cherish that book. And uh, and never mind The Gone World. I mean. Oh, yes. Loved we, we read so many great books 
that the Gone World didn't make the, the didn't make my list yeah. as much as I absolutely adore that book. Uh, there's so many. There's so many, so many wonderful writers. Short story, long long story, uh, fantasy, sci-fi, uh, th- thriller, like. Yeah, psychological horror. There was so much that we uncovered this year, and we got to speak to wonderful people. We got to speak to some people, you know, who listen to our show. We're so thankful for all of you that listen to our show, by the way. Um, it's It means a lot. It means a lot to us because we know you're out there. We know you're listening and you're thinking about books and you're reading books. And that's a community. It's a bond that we share that even if we never speak, we share that. And it's a very powerful magic. You know, we started this show as being for us and it really has grown beyond us at this point because of all of you, because we love all of you so much. Yes. And we're just so grateful and so thankful. All of our beautiful special guests, my girls from Spooky Slumber Party, Amanda, we just love having uh, like-minded people to talk books with. Okay, everybody, I guess that's going to do it for 2020. Was that that's gonna do it for 2020 indeed yeah here's to a here's to a more positive 2020 20 or 2021 <laughs> that's pretty Let, far in let's the future just jump, let's just jump thousands and thousands of years <laughs> in the future would be interesting to see what's going on i mean i would love to do that give give me the option to jump to 2020 21 mm-hmm. i would do it yes we might not be here at that point but i would do it <laughs> And I know life was so hard for everybody this year. Everybody just ran out of stuff to give. We all just ran out of stuff to give. Uh, we really did. And so many of us have lost people or almost lost people or been scared for our own lives. And here in America, the election, and we have, you know, we had such momentum behind the Black Lives Matter movement and so many other just social causes rising up. There's so, so much that happened this year. It is overwhelming how much happened this year. The number of spoons that we are able to uh, yes have where it was great, you know, was greatly reduced it sh- at many points. Yes, it, it sure was. Um, very proud of all of us for making it through. Uh, you know, that's for those of us that love history. There's good years and there's bad years, and these things do happen. Um, it, it's you know, it hasn't been in a long time that so many people have been so adversely affected across every continent. But um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. But even when life is bad, it's good. And there's always wonderful, wonderful things to look for in life. So and books is one of them. Books and nature. Books and nature. (laughs) The alternative title of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of true. Okay, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. Please keep reading past your bedtime. And have a happy new year. Happy new year. Happy Happy New Year! Oh, it scared the cat.